It's March Mustache Madness, and the Ryan and Rush Show are doing a March Madness bracket. Venmo at Rambling Rush $10, and he will reply with a passcode for the group. Additional details are below in this video. Now on to the episode. Welcome everyone to another edition of the Ryan and Rush Show. On today's episode, we are moments away from the first four starting, and the West Virginia Mountaineers are taking on the Maryland Turpins Thursday at 12 o'clock on CBS. All ahead on the Ryan and Rush Show. And we welcome you back to your source for West Virginia sports. I'm Rambling Rush. He's Moneyline Mac. We are the Ryan and Rush Show, and we're getting right into it. Ryan, we've had a couple days to marinate on the West Virginia-Maryland matchup uh, from our reaction show on Sunday. It's now Tuesday, a couple days. Uh, got the first game Thursday, 12-15. Jim Nance and CBS is on the call. Always great to have the A-team on there. Uh, kind of just as a couple days to think about this matchup more. What are your thoughts? How are you feeling about this game? Same as my initial reactions and just validates it more when you dive deeper with the film, the stats, and just the roster and breaking down what they've done and what team they've become since uh, November and December. A very good team, kind of like us at home, but this game is not at home. They were 1-9 and away from College Park in Big Ten play with their only win coming at Minnesota. Now you play them at College Park, they're almost unbeatable, and everybody in the Big Ten found that out, 10-0. and they got good guards uh, led by Jameer Young, who's a transfer from Charlotte. He, he's a lefty. He's been a really good fit for there. And uh, Kevin Willard's first year, they got size in the front court as well. And honestly, Kevin Willard coming over, over from Seton Hall has just done a really, really good job getting this team better and better in February into March to uh, put them in a position to have a chance to advance in the NCAA tournament. I kind of feel like Maryland's the Big 12 version of West Virginia. And I mean that in the sense with, you know, their guards, kind of the, our guard alignment. Uh, Keedy is our glue. Um, Jameer is is theirs. Um, also, as well as, you know, they do really well at College Park. We do really well in Morgantown. Um, but, but hey, the difference is, is we're in the Big 12. They're in the Big 10. So, you know, some of our record could speak to just the level of play and how it's different from theirs. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think this is another reminder um, when you play a regional battle like this is going to be and you're going to see the passion. These two teams should play every single year with how close they are regionally. Mark Turgeon never wanted to play us just because of how we beat them up in the 2015 NCAA tournament. He told Hugs and uh, Larry Harrison at the time, uh, assistant coach, that I was there when he said it to me. He's like, I'm not playing you guys after the way you guys beat us up in the tournament. But now with Kevin Willard there, they're playing a more physical brand of basketball. I think we. I think there's a chance we could see this matchup on a year-to-year basis. We should play every year against Maryland. Well, even when you look at it from the football, I mean, we just played them two years ago in College yep. Park. Is I think when you have obviously Pitt's our main rival, and then probably followed by Virginia Tech. But you got Penn State in there. You have Maryland. It's it's definitely a big regional kind of going down that two seventy seventy turns into sixty eight. All the way, it goes from West Virginia territory right into Maryland territory. So I'm with you as well, especially looking for non-conference and always trying to strengthen that and, you know, have these regional, you know, we'd still do the backyard brawl for Pitt. So I'm with you there. Um, Ryan, before we kind of really deep dive into this game, talk about matchups, talk about keys to victory, um, game plans, all of that sort of thing, is you've talked about it during the season and you've brought this up before, but from being in the locker room, being part of the coaching staff in the past, 
how does scouting in the tournament work? Um, because obviously we win this game and most likely in this scenario, yeah, you're going to have the number one seed Alabama on deck, but you know, in years past when you've been the five seed and you're just not sure who you're going to play next, how, how does that work so that you're prepared two days later again? So, yeah, we've touched on this multiple times, and this year's kind of easier than other years because, say, we were in the 6-11 game, then you're preparing for 3-14, or when we were the 5-12, you had to really prepare for the 4-13 and because the one year when we were in the 5-12 game, Marshall upset Wichita State, so whoever mm-hmm. had the Marshall scout had to have that ready. DJ, the new assistant coach, um, He's in charge of the 16th seed. He's got Texas Southern and the winner of that game with Fairleigh Dickinson. But uh, uh, Josh Eilert will have Alabama, the Crimson Tides. So by default, that leaves Ronnie Everhart, who has the Maryland scout. So right now, each coach is watching their specific scout. Obviously, the next game is the most important game, especially in a win-or-die situation. So they're all watching Maryland, especially Hugs. Hugs and uh, Ronnie are really diving into the Maryland Terrapins. But in the background, you have Josh Eilert working on the Alabama scout and then DJ working on um, the winner of whoever wins the play-in matchup uh, later tonight. So that's just how it's kind of broken up. And they assigned this right after the selection committee um, announces the pairing. So it really is cool behind the scenes, just mm-hmm. what goes into it and just everybody pulling all-nighters selection Sunday just to dive in to prepare for a do-or-die game because, yes – Every we could have the best scout in the world for Alabama on Saturday, but if we don't get by Maryland, that scout just gets thrown away, and then we never get to use that scout. I like that. So the assistant coaches, you know, plan accordingly yep. to because you're in a quad, right? And then you would, you know, ideally in a great situation, we're in the Sweet 16. You do it again. You got three other teams, and keep rotating them that way while Hugs just stays on. Who are we playing right now? Yeah. So. Um, and then and, going to – yeah. And one quick thing too. Um, so this is when it's important that you're really connected in, in terms of your network. So I'm sure those coaches were uh, calling up guys in the Big Ten because you're not familiar with Maryland. We're in the Big 12. They're in the Big Ten. So you're calling um, – who did they lose to? Uh, Indiana. How did Indiana beat Maryland? How did Purdue – obviously it was Zach Eady. That's pretty simple. But you're calling Purdue. You're calling Michigan State. Hugs and Tom Izzo are really good friends. So I'm sure – Hugs and Tom Izzo had a conversation this week about how how to match up with the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, Hugs and Chris Holtman at Ohio State. So just different conversations of being connected in the network. And it goes the same way with um, teams that drew a Big 12 opponent. They're calling mm-hmm. West Virginia, hey, what do you think of our matchup with TCU, K-State? Obviously, you, you don't give away too much because you want the Big 12 to win, but you take priority in your family for hugs. That is the Frank Martins, Andy Kennedy's, Brad Underwood. You don't give away stuff like that, but everybody in this business is looking out for one another. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. there's also the the part of it too, is where you can tell someone how to win the game. You can give them the whole scouting report. Bingo. Now that if they actually do it, that's a whole yeah. nother thing. So they still have to, they still have to do it, but it, you know, it, it shows kind of the fraternity of coaches and, yep. and how they're all connected there. Um, another question, Ryan, that that's brought up a lot is uh, I think Morgantown and West Virginia, we're feeling good about our matchup with Maryland. It's not that it's not going to be a hard fought game, but you know, after we go through the big 12 schedule, kind of like how we line up about this, but obviously we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We want to stay focused. How does hugs do that with the players and even the rest of the coaches? How does the locker room stay focused on the one game at a time mentality? I think it helps that you play a team like Maryland 
Like if we had played like, let's say for example, another eight seed is Florida Atlantic, who is actually a really good basketball team that it doesn't get as much um, notoriety on the national stage, but drawing a brand like Maryland basketball, you're not overlooking a, a, that, that kind of brand because of the history mm-hmm. and that program and the regional rivalry. But I mean, I, I think Hugs does as good a job as anybody. He doesn't, he's not talking about Alabama. He could care less about Alabama being the number one overall seed because it really doesn't matter until Saturday or Thursday at hopefully 2.45 Eastern when we're advancing, hopefully, uh, with the win over the Maryland Terrapins. Yeah, yeah. So there is something where it's kind of in terms of scouting and not looking ahead is actually getting this 8-9 matchup is a benefit, is you know potentially more you can focus more resources on an Alabama or kind of just know most likely that they're next. But then also yeah. it's, you know, we're playing Maryland. We don't want to lose this game. And I think that's where we see those 14 and three matches, the the 12 and fives, you know, they see, Oh, college of Charleston. Oh, Drake, you know, it's just got to take care of business, you know, focus to the next one when it's really, that's how teams get picked off. And we've seen it time and time again, have a feeling Stephen we're F. See it again. Stephen F. Austin. There we go. Unfortunately, we have to bring that up again. But hey, you brought up the the great times of being a student manager and beating Maryland in the Sweet 16. You also got to bring up the rough times as well. Um, Moving on so that we don't have any rough times is how do you see this West Virginia team stacking up against Maryland? Meaning where do our strengths lie and where is like, ooh, Maryland could exploit a couple of these holes? So I've seen multiple people kind of put images of like our statistics next to each other. And we're, you, you hit the nail right on the head. Our numbers are kind of similar with another. And honestly, the size of our teams are similar as well. I, I mean, Jameer Young, he's solid. He's got decent size, kind of like Keedy at the guard position. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the two guard, uh, Carey, he's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, That's what Eric is as well. And then they got Hart, Scott, and Reese in the front court at 6'8", 6'8", 6'9". Kind of like us with – um. Emmett, Trey, and uh, Jimmy Bell or whoever we uh, – Pat, if we sub him in at the five, or even if we go small with Trey at the five and slide everybody up with the small ball lineup. So size-wise, I think it's a similar um, – si- both teams on similar trajectory. You, you you really were right in terms of where I think we have the advantage is six through ten. They don't even have a yeah. nine and ten. They're not – they barely have an eight. So really it's strength in numbers here – Basically, when we're at our best, we've touched on this throughout the year since the preseason. West Virginia, Bob Huggins teams are at their best when our six through ten is significantly better than your six for ten. Yeah, and what Ryan is referencing is we, yesterday we were on Hoops from the Hills with Coos and Mountaineer Paul. Go check out that episode if you get the opportunity. Really talked about uh, this matchup with West Virginia and Maryland, and something that you know we both agree and we're talking about is in terms of starters and kind of the trajectory of Maryland in the big 12 and West Virginia, excuse me, Maryland in the big 10 and West Virginia in the big 12 is they're kind of on the same path. We're kind of in a weird way, mirror each other in some aspects, but where West Virginia really has the advantage is the bench, right? Is getting to, we got the Seth Wilson, we got the Tucson, we got the Aconquo um, and, and really using those to our advantage. And the reason why that is such a huge advantage with this Maryland team that likes to shoot a lot of three pointers that does pretty well defensively is getting late in the season is we really want to get their legs, you know, out from underneath them is being the, you know, the best way is we saw it with us when we were playing Kansas last week 
uh, is, you know, kind of start at the end of the first half, you know, get in the second half, you know, we've been grinding out a big 12 schedule. We just beat Texas tech the day before is, you know, those three pointers started falling a little bit short, um, just started to get tired and the game gets out of line. Like we want to do that against Maryland, especially the fact that they don't have the reserves that they do. And this team does pretty good job with not fouling as well. So, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for us is just being that aggressive, Ryan is just coming out there and playing good old West Virginia basketball, because we also talked about this too, is with uh, Trey Mitchell, right? Two big games where he really stepped up and not even necessarily in terms of scoring. He did do that, but was that Oklahoma State game in Morgantown and that Iowa State game in Ames. And that's because all of a sudden something is like you like to say is you get caught up in the dust ups, right? He was involved in two of those and that kind of lit that fire under us. And I, I think you know, you don't want to be given fouls left and right. You don't want to get Maryland on the free throw line. But from a metaphorical sense, don't hate, you know, punching a guy in the face, punching him in the chin. Everyone has a plan until they get knocked in the face, right? So Mike Tyson. There you yeah. go. So being <laughs> yeah. that. And I think West Virginia is more than capable of it. Yeah. No, and I kind of goes right into Key's victory, which I'll go right into. Number one is going to be who is the more aggressive team, who can impose their will um, right from the tip. I think you'll know real quick five to ten minutes into this game who's imposing their will, who's moving each other off the block, who's getting, who's winning every 50-50 ball, who's winning the battle on the glass. Um, it, Maryland's another good rebounding team. we got to win the battle on the glass. We can't get out-rebounded in March and expect to win on a neutral site against a good team. And they are fast in transition when they – they are more deliberate, but when they, they like to go to their 2-2-1 two, two, press, 1-2-2, two, two, to speed the game up, it really bothered Purdue when they upset Purdue. Like, Purdue couldn't get the ball over half court. We got to we gotta control the basketball. We can't have any of those pick sixes, as I, I like to say in football terms. No live ball turnovers. And, and the game comes right down to that point guard position. Keedy's got to be the better point guard over Jameer Young, who's a really good player but he has not seen a guy like Kedrian Johnson on the ball hounding him for 40 minutes. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I, it's it goes back to that whole, you know, we may not be press Virginia anymore, but when you have someone like Kedy Johnson, when you have our glue that's just hounding people, you know, that that comes up big in March, and especially picking up guys half court, uh, just just aggressive. Whatever you need to be aggressive, whatever you need to do to get it out, do it. Because that, that that's just how we win. And, you know, you want to see that from people like Trey Mitchell and, and the rest of the crew, which they're more than capable of doing. And I'm sure Bob Huggins is saying the exact same thing to them. Survive in advance for a reason, man. Do you got to empty out the tank. There's no, Hey, I'll, I'll worry about next week. Cause you could be on spring break here. Come less than 48 hours from now. If you don't bring your a game, go balls to the wall. I mean, this do or die, man. March Madness is best time of year. Everybody dreams about playing on this stage. We touched on it too, like Eric Stevenson, like he's never been to the dance. This is year number five for him. Mm -hmm. This could be his shining moment. I mean, we all see it at the end of the tournament when they play that song that we all love to hear, one shining moment. This is this could be it for him. I mean, it's you never know. You could go from a guy nobody knew. I mean, and and next thing you know, you're a national known camaraderie because you had a 30 point game in March and in a big game on a national stage with Jim Nance calling the game on CBS. So to lead off the NCAA tournament, this is what to it's lead about. off his last NCAA tournament. Correct. Too. Yeah. Yep. So even, even more, uh, yep. 
even more reason to play hard and show that West Virginia brand style of basketball. We won't even talk besides, you know, the scouting and stuff earlier. We won't even talk about Alabama because we're going to, we're going to follow the focus on Maryland. We'll worry about it. Hopefully we're worrying about it on Friday. That's the goal. So anyway, Ryan, uh, we got ourselves a game here in about 48, well, less than 48 hours. Uh, I like how we're opening things up. And I also like how that we're playing before Alabama. So, you know, if, when we win, uh, get a little get a little extra rest and gives hey gives our staff more time to scout out that team as they play whoever wins that 16 seed game. So should no be a good one. Go Mountaineers! It's the greatest time of the year. Everyone, if you get the opportunity, said it at the earlier uh, part of this episode. Join our March Madness bracket, March Mustache Madness. I can grow this handlebar mustache just to lose on day one. So uh, join the bracket if you can. And also, please, um, if you're able to to subscribe to our channel, really means a lot, especially as we're trying to work our way up to getting monetized. Uh, Ryan, we were talking about uh, before the episode, we didn't realize how important it was subscribers were. And clicking that is before we even yep. started this, we would have subscribed to a lot more YouTube channels uh, with how much it matters. So if you're able to just do that, means a lot to us. And uh, hopefully we're back on Friday, Ryan, uh, talking, talking Alabama. So love you all and go Mountaineers. Survive in advance. Go Mountaineers.